It's time to talk about Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. You've heard us talking about this company for a while now. Harrison Wendy always tells you, schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. It will change your life. As we've talked about before, Lindsay and Allie have recently scheduled their own appointments to remove their wisdom teeth. We will, of course, be taking and posting pictures of that. So, hey, tag us and tag them when you go there. Show them how this community can support one of our biggest supporters. Bean Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. That's a classic. Am I on the right show? What was that? <laughs> it's one of those weird, weird videos. Dating's really come a long way, I'm told. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been in the dating game for like 30 years. I feel like we saw a young Kirk in that video, but I can't be sure. I'll have to go back and double check. I'm sure uh, I'd be equally as awkward as any of those guys, if not more. I like the uh, Dusseth giveth. I like that guy the most. Um, welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition, Monday Energy of the DNBA show. I'm joined. I'm Matt Amadez. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, D-Lanko. What's up, guys? Um, just to be clear, I'm not available, but um, if you, go, <laughs> you guys want me to go down, I have a list of my traits. I'll, I'll happily do it. <laughs> I would like to hear some of these traits. You know, maybe well, next time, though. Maybe next time. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. okay. Then I'm also joined by my esteemed colleague, Brennan Vogt. I'm just glad the Peloton Prince isn't here. He would be stealing all of our hypothetical women. <laughs> That's so true. So. He would make a, a banger of a dating video. <laughs> That's for true. Sure. He really would. <laughs> I bet the Tinder profile was just on point back in the day. Um, today, guys, we are just presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can <laughs> I wasn't sure. We I wasn't. Sure. I thought you were going to sneeze. I wasn't sure where you were going yeah, with we that. Didn't, we didn't. We didn't rehearse that. We didn't rehearse. <laughs> we probably should have rehearsed that. Um, you can use promo code DNBR. Of course, it lets them know. Oh, I hit the button there. Uh, lets them know that uh, you know we sent you. You also get hooked up with all kinds of cool deals, up to a thousand dollars in matching bonuses. Today we are joined by Ryder. Or the Step Back just did a great piece. Actually, my old gig. You guys know I used to write for the Step Back for a very brief period of time. Um, and he just wrote a very good piece on Jamal Murray, some hype. We're welcoming in. It's Jackson Frank. Jackson, welcome into the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you here. And you we're excited piece, too because there is there is increasingly more and more to talk about with the Denver Nuggets. Some, some good, some bad, some nervous, some exciting. But guys. Basketball returns. We're going to watch the Denver Nuggets play a basketball game today or watch a bunch of it. NBA teams. Jackson, I'm going to start with you. How many NBA games do you predict you will watch this week? This week? Um, I would probably set the over-under at seven. Okay. I think, I don't know, I mean, I, I yeah. think that may be maybe a little little lofty, but, but I my goal is to at least get eyes on 40, 30% of a lot of these different games going on. I don't know if I'm going to watch the entirety of these scrimmages, but – Right. Um, all the way through, but watch, watch a bunch of different ones and see kind of what's going on, how guys look. How much of Summer League would you watch? Because to me, those games are like super compelling for about three minutes each game. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of, it was kind of the same format as, you know, you bounce around, you watch you watch it, you know, the number four overall pick play for eight minutes, then you get subbed out and you yeah, go over yeah. and find a different different game that's going on with the with a high-profile rookie or someone you're interested So. Um, you know, it, it tapered off, you know, once they got to the tournament and teams were really taking it seriously, it was just kind of yeah. the teams who had the most NBA level talent. I didn't watch a ton of it, but really on those first few days, I'm probably watching a few hours a day, three or three hours, four yeah. hours maybe. Yeah. 
Um, what about you, Vote? Are you uh, there's two Nuggets, Gabe. So what what is the line for you over under of uh, preseason games you're going to watch this week? Total, uh, I'll say I'll say five, four or five. I'm probably yeah. shooting for. I'm pretty excited. But I'm pretty wanna, excited to watch them. I want to learn what to teams. watch for. So, like from the Nuggets' perspective, I kind of know. All right, I might get to see some Bull Bull, maybe a heavy dose of PJ Dozier. I really want to make sure I'm reading all these primers around the different beats, the different teams that'll be at the ball because. You know, like I'm, I'm sure I could hit up Caitlin Cooper's profile right now and find something on Indy, but I just want to know what specifically to watch for because I don't think this will just be, you know, the best player balling out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot, like you said, there are a lot of like just interesting players that you get to see. And like Bull Bull, of course, we've been talking about him now for an entire week because the entire Denver Nuggets organization and all of the players are starting to talk about him. You don't get to see him usually. I might be more excited to watch Bull Bull than I would be to watch a regular season game with like Such the Nuggets we've already energy. seen a whole Such lot of. Summer league energy, I love it. Remember my the hype we had last week? I think I was a ten out of ten for Bull. <laughs> I think it. I think it has actually somehow gone up. It is now wow. higher. I am more excited about Bull Bull now than I was last Friday after shotgunning two beers. Well, I don't <laughs> want to bury the Holy lead, smokes. but did you, I'm sure it's because you saw the video today, right? Is there a video? Oh. <laughs> Oh, there's a video. <laughs> there's a video of Bull Bull playing basketball. Have oh. you seen it? That's I haven't pretty seen good. it. Wow. Let me see. Sure, uh, Let's see. Maybe. Uh, wow. Look at <laughs> oh, that. Oh, wow. All right. Can you make, it, can you make it full screen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guy. Zoom in there. People are complaining. Wow. That looks like a really skinny guy. Is that Porzingis that just. Uh, Shot a camera crew. Yeah, there it is. Wow. Man, look at this. Oh, okay. no. That's Nikola Jokic. Wow. And my that goodness. is. Oh, my goodness. Is that a layup? Foul, by the way. Foul. All right, I have to start. Yeah, foul. I have to start. There's a couple. There's so many different things. Keep playing that on a loop, there, uh, guy. Yeah, just. I mean, we're not. Yeah, just, just keep, keep going. All right, first note here, Jackson. I, I'm telling you, we got bored of Jokic because we saw him so much. But these types of passes, he does a full 360 off that handle, like throws the blind pass. I know for Jokic, this is just another another day, but we haven't seen it in so long. I got hyped just for the pass. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, like, I, I mean doing all that work on uh, Jamal Murray watching those games, you know, and you know, I hadn't watched a ton of NBA basketball in a while. So the first few Jokic passes, you're like, Oh wow. Like this is, yeah. you just kind of remember. And then, and then by the third quarter, when you've thrown eight of them in 26 <laughs> minutes, you're like, eh, just kind of like, it's, that's who he is. You just kind of remember, but yeah, that type of stuff. There's very few players and very few centers in NBA history. could do something like that. Yeah, you also, take that pass for granted. Like, so Jokic just also has a little pep in his step, you know, like, I mean, he, he just does. he's playing a little quick. He's playing like it. I know this is so stupid because it's a two second clip, but he's playing at like a nice pace. You know? I'm not Some kidding. Four like, on four. He looks good. <laughs> I'm serious. Jokic is so slow and methodical. And over here, he's kind of working. He's kind of working. But of course, the highlight of this is that Bull Bull takes it. Can you pause it at the top of this jump, guy? Let's see how good you are with the pause button. <laughs> let's find out. It's he so takes it. Yeah, let's, so let's see. This is actually a fun little game okay, show. Ready? One, All the way at the top. Can pause we get it now? It? Yeah, look at that! My, yeah, that's a little God. ridiculous. All right, so Eric, that's over to, the that's over the 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 square. What do you call that? The square on the backboard. Does it have a name? I think it's the square. Okay, over <laughs> the square. <laughs> um, uh, very admirable contest by Troy Daniels. Yeah, he's playing the Brandon Knight role to this DeAndre <laughs> Jordan. I do believe that he's yeah. at his he is at his apex while attempting to block this shot. He's a good, 
He's a good, good two to three feet off. Got there early. Honestly, Troy Daniels is kind of up there. I mean, that's a pretty good elevation <laughs> for Troy Oh, my Troy God. Daniels. If I ever, dude, if I ever got my hand over a basketball rim that wasn't uh, <laughs> less than uh, seven, six feet from the floor, I would be very pleased. But um, the greatest part is that Bull, this is Bull Bull completes the um, – Blake Griffin style dunk where he doesn't actually right. slam it, Drops just it throws it from <laughs> some distance and it goes in. It still counts as a dunk. <laughs> I'm just marveling at the difference in where their waistlines are. Bull Bulls is at Troy yeah. Daniels' sternum. Yeah. Troy Daniels <laughs> is like it, that Bull Bulls mid thigh. Right. You, you know what the crazy thing is that if you look at, at the line. if you look at the ground, like Bull Bulls not that far off the ground. Also, like <laughs> yeah, I know he just <laughs> yeah, he is so he is absolutely incredible, man. That I mean, it is funny because. He's so big that I do think he's going to catch some guys just like he caught Troy Daniels here where it's like, okay, he's on the ground. He's not that high. But as soon as he just puts his hand up, he's got the Bobon thing. Um, I, this this is a great, great highlight. Un, a sneaky, not great part of this highlight, though. I don't know if you noticed. The Nuggets are playing four on four. And actually, in every single clip today that we have, they're playing four on four because clearly they don't have enough guys, which is – Kind of sad. There was a lot of dunks, but of course there's oh. dunks. There's not a fifth defender on the court. There's like right. I mean, they don't, they don't have two full teams, but they have enough guys. You only yeah. have five on it on the court at any given time. <laughs> yeah, but coupled uh, with what what we heard from Malone about nine active players going into this first. Oh wait, is there, right? is there more? More? Well, let's see what he does here. I'm oh not going to lie. I would hope he finishes this one over Jamal Murray in the <laughs> four and four setting. But this is where I get all kinds of excitement. And what are your thoughts oh on, uh, on on Jokic's uh, attempt to get around that double? I mean, that screen. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's a preseason effort here. Let me see. I actually wasn't even paying attention. I was so mesmerized by both. I mean, Bull this pass is like. Okay, not- well, here's what's funny. So we actually, <laughs> do you guys remember in the Utah game earlier, or was it last year, the, the Jokic Plumlee 5-4 pick and roll? Well, that's essentially what that was. Now, again, I know it's four on four. It's like half speed or whatever. But stop, stop pumping the brakes on this. Let's All right, you know what? I'm not the, this is a five-five pick and roll <laughs> um, with a left-handed, one-handed pass. Jackson, you didn't know he had that in his bag, did you? The one-handed left. I, I did good. not know that passing was not something he showed a lot of in, in college. So that was a very impressive play. I'm also pretty sure he literally had zero assists at the G League. So <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's an encouraging sign. You know, he might be one of those players, though. I mean, again, we were getting way ahead of ourselves. Sure, sure but stop we've seen pumping so, the brakes, goddammit. <laughs> we've seen so little of Bull Bull, and he's played so little. I mean, it's like Michael Porter Jr. last year that what has he been able to do other than sit at the bench and just kind of watch other guys practice and work out? And who better to watch than Nikola Jokic? All I'm saying is he spent two weeks with Jokic. Actually, <laughs> one week with Jokic, and here we have a one-handed, left-handed pass. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> the um, brightest timeline for Bull Bull's development here yeah. in Denver. Oh, it's cool. it do, in. do we have any other highlights there, guy queued up at Bull Bull? Both of these are fantastic. But we could watch this one again. I could see this one again. Look at how he doesn't even barely jump to dunk. And then he pulls let's himself just, uh, up, which Let's just all be quiet and watch this same clip for an hour or so. That's great TV. We need to cut the brakes graphic. I, I, <laughs> so one we week with Jokic. Are you, are you looking for on that pass? Uh, two years from now, he might be the best passing big man ever. It might take Jokic's ground at, the, at this rate. Oh, so. wow. This is what we're saying. <laughs> I would accept it. You know what? My love for Bull Bull is so immense. Guy, I, I don't know if I have to say this again. Do we have another <laughs> but we do have some uh, Nikola Jokic dunking highlights. Yeah, all right. Let's take out. a look. Let's take a look at that one. That's a thing Let's that happened also. Yeah, Jokic is looking thin though, guys. Like, <laughs> it does look great. Let's see here. Where is well, he? Here's, yeah, oh, this is, is that's Bull a three-pointer highlight. Bull oh no, it's a away. shot fake. Oh, oh so the Serbian <laughs> blur, as Dave DeFore called him. <laughs> 
This is actually low-key an impressive highlight for Yoke. And I know it's it's kind of lame, but he really doesn't have a ton of those types of dunks. I know that, first of all... He didn't formally. Very, very formally, correct. I know it's bowl bowls help side here, not exactly the most Great impressive rim protection. Like, okay, uh, whatever. No, but, with a very clear foul on ball bowl. <laughs> just grabbing his arm and not allowing him to contest the shot. Look at this. Our just own Harrison wins straight, up. straight out of his, uh, his rookie season bag here. It kind of is. Yeah. Jackson, is this something or nothing? Just seeing him. I know it's just practice, but is this something or nothing seeing him just kind of move like this? Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, I think it's it's relatively something. It's a lot quicker yeah, than he's generally moved. <laughs> I mean it's, it's not, all it's, it's all comparative. Not. I mean by yeah. definition it's something. I don't know I don't know how much you want to make out of it, but uh yeah, it's we, a lot quicker than he tends to move it, it seems at least. These pickup games are absolutely hilarious because you've got I mean Vonley on the court, you've got Jokic, Plumley, and uh um, who else on there? Bowl like there's Troll, just Troy Daniels, Tyler Cook, all the like, full bench mob. To me, and, and Millsap. A... My God, there are four centers and a power <laughs> forward on the court for this four on four scrimmage. Like, what are the Nuggets doing right now? Uh, you can go ahead and cut that one, guy. You can you can take that's that a one ten off the second video here. about Noah Vonley's arms. I just want to make sure we're clear. <laughs> But it does bring us to one of our main topics. They were going to get to Jamal Murray here in the second topic. But one of our main topics, which is that just like we did with Jokic exactly one week ago, why isn't he here? We heard he was on en route. We heard all these things. The Nuggets are now two weeks. They've been in the bubble for two weeks. And we know that there's 10 players there. Michael Malone mentioned that there were nine players available. Some people on the Internet did some sleuth work and determined that out of all the clips today, Will Barton was not present in any of them. Speculate away if maybe he's, for whatever reason, not available to play. But the Nuggets only have nine guys. They can't even practice five on five. Jackson, I know you, you know there's a handful of teams that have been dealing with, with different players still not in the bubble or whatever, but it seems like with Denver, two weeks in and have yet to be able to go five on five, do you think this puts them kind of behind the eight ball? I think a little bit, but there's just there's just so much time until these games really matter for the Nuggets. At least, I mean, they're not. I know they're they're they have some they're, they're kind of in a tight race with seeding, but they're not a team you like. You know, they're not battling for the eight seed or anything like that. Right, so right. Um, they're pretty. I feel like a pretty good lock to have at least home home court advantage, and obviously, ideally, you'd want to avoid you know playing that one seed ever not dropped out in the four. But obviously, both LA teams are really. Impressive, and it's not guaranteed that the Clippers lock up that two seed. But I think there's enough time. Um, so for them, I, I wouldn't be a huge worry. But if we're talking in two and a half weeks or three weeks from now, and they're still still getting guys back uh, reintegrated, then it's a different story. But uh, for now, the playoffs and the, the really important uh, rounds, I think for them, are, are a little ways off. And yeah, I guess maybe the first round could be could be challenging again for them, but. There's still enough time even before that that they, they should be okay, yeah. I think. Stop worrying, Adam. Why are you worrying? Well, I am officially worried. Maybe I'm just a worrier. But no, I am because they do have game. It's kind of funny. Somebody put this out. I think it was Ryan Blackburn last night at Denver Stiff said, we're two weeks away from the start of the season and four from the playoffs. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. The season is so short and so condensed right. that this, the actual regular season is going to go by so fast. Once there's games every other night, I mean, it's going to be a blur. Um, so I, I think so. Is there a time, Brendan, where you will look at it? I mean, if they're not here by Friday, if, the, if, if they're still missing multiple rotation players, I mean, at that point, are you going to are you going to be a little concerned? Yeah, I think you have to me have to be. I mean, I don't want to worry too much about missing out on, on these scrimmages or games one and two in these eight seeds uh, in, in these eight seeding games. It all matters, but I just don't know how well-oiled of a machine anyone's going to be at that point, you know, and, and it's just going to sort of be 
a clunky acceleration ramp onto the highway for all of these teams. So it's less than ideal that Denver can't hit the ground running. But um, maybe here's a a real stretch. A silver lining to this is Michael Malone says, hey, I'm going to relax on on a lot of the play calling and I'm going to let these guys do what they do best. Specifically, he does best in Jokic and that's make live reads. And they can just sort of fall even more into Jokic ball, um, given that they just don't really have a lot of time to be this this perfect Spursian organism. I think that's kind of a lock. I honestly think that's going to be a lock that comes out of this is that Denver's going to be forced to play free. Now, I don't know if that's going to equate to wins early on because the lineups are going to be absolutely ridiculous. But I do expect some free-flowing basketball. And I've always said I think Yoke is is supreme at at, at playing that style. Extra, extra, hear all about it. Breckenridge Brewery, DNVR. uh, It's a partnership made in heaven. And we're here to help them push this Mile High City Copper Lager. You can buy a 15-can pack now of the Nuggets-branded Copper Lager, one of my favorite brands from Breck Brew, favorite beers, excuse me. Um, It's light, it's drinkable, but it still has that distinct flavor. You can get delivery from Davidson's or head to the nearest grocery store like King Supers. Um, You can order delicious food and booze from the the farmhouse if you're able. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for pickup and use code DNVR to save $5. Make sure you check out Breckenridge Brewery and check out that Mile High Copper Lager 15-can pack. Have you heard about the World Golf Tour WGT Golf? It's not just the best golfing game in the world. It is the official gaming partner of DNVR. You can download WGT and join the DNVR Clubhouse by visiting dnvrgolf.com. Once you've downloaded that game, go ahead and search in the Country Clubs tab. Search for DNVR2. That's one of our clubhouses where you'll find the rest of your members. You'll find all of our tournaments posted. We're running those weekly. We just wrapped up the heater, a high temps and low scores tournament this weekend. We're getting set to roll out another fun tournament this upcoming weekend. So again, you want to download WGT via dnvrgolf.com. Once you've done that, check out DNVR2 and Country Clubs, and we will see you out there on the virtual golf course. All right, let's move in, though. I want to talk to Jackson now because about the article about Jamal Murray, and I want to start it off by saying we spoke with Murray early today. The Nuggets had morning practice today. And one of the things Jamal Murray brought up was that he is up to 216 pounds. I believe he plays around 205, so he's up maybe 10 pounds. He looks a little beefy. I can't say I noticed, like, a ton of weight, but he looks a little beefier. He's got His guns are starting to fill in a little bit. All right, all right. And he said specifically one of the points of emphasis for him um, – over the over the last couple months and and in training camp especially was trying to get to the rim initiate contact and try to get to the foul line more which is kind of music to my ears i mean a lot of people think about analytics they think three-point shooting getting to the line that's something jamal murray could really improve just knowing that jacks i know you weren't on that call today but knowing that that he has is looking to gain more muscle mass and use his size more what, what do you make of that development to his game yeah i think it's an interesting approach because obviously I think his one of his biggest issues and has been since he's entered career uh, or entered the NBA is he just doesn't have a lot of burst. He's not a guy who's yeah. going to blow by defenders and, and get all the way to the rim. Obviously he, he benefits from playing with someone like Jokic and he's so good on kind of those baseline cuts or those cuts from the top of the key. But um, I, I think it's interesting. I, I, I like the emphasis on trying to draw more fouls and be more uh, willing to get to the rim because I do think he is someone who has a tendency to settle. Obviously he's a very, become a very good shooter in a variety of ways over the last couple of years. But um, like you said, yeah, the easiest shots tend to come at the rim or at the foul line when nobody can guard you. So 
even if they're more valuable shots like wide open three pointer, they're you got to be able to diversify it to become a really really good scorer. Like I think a lot of people anticipate Murray uh, developing into, and he's taking strides as we all know. But um, I think it's it's a good it's a good thing to acknowledge and, and emphasize. I just don't necessarily know if if adding more muscle and adding more weight to a frame that already has some acceleration issues is the way to go about it. But that's very much an amateur opinion. He he and those who are working with him know a lot more, so. Yeah. I don't want to be too critical. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you think? Because I know one of the things in your article, we were talking a lot about pull-up shooting, which we here have talked a, a lot about. He's not quite the pull-up three-point shooter that the elite, the top-level sort of point guards in the league are. Do you think he is more likely to become an elite sort of in-the-paint guy, in the restricted area guard, or an elite behind the three-point line off the dribble guard? Which one do you think he's close, more closer to becoming? I would say right now he seems closer to being a better in the paint guy. Like I know his numbers have kind of oscillated. Like sometimes he's been a good floater guy. Sometimes he's been good at the actual rim. So I think that at least kind of those, those very, those very, that variance from year to year bodes well for in three years, you can kind of get both of them down. Yeah. But I think more important would be to get that pull up shooting down. Cause it's weird. Cause you know, he's obviously not necessarily a guy who's short on confidence. He'll take tough shots from the elbows or from kind of the, the wings and whatnot inside the arc, but he just doesn't quite always let it fly from deep. But I think the willingness to shoot a lot of tough shots and pull up jumpers at a young age um, is encouraging. I think, you know, ideally you can just kind of tinker, tinker the way that he's taking them and the manner in which he's shooting off the dribble. Um, so I, I think right now he's closer to at the rim, but I would say long-term, I'd expect him to be a better pull-up shooter than some elite guard finisher. What do you mean by that, the way he get, he gets into shot? Is it mechanics? Is it footwork, in your opinion? Like, the way he sort of comes off the screen? Yeah, you know, I think one of the one of the things I mentioned, and obviously this is a really lofty comparison, but you watch a guy like Damian Lillard, who they run a lot of high ball screen in Portland yeah. for him, and he is yeah. so quick with that trigger right at the top of the key or well beyond it. And Murray, his kind of first instinct more when he's running that two-man game with Jokic, is to take a couple dribbles right around the free throw line, whether it's on the elbow or right there um, and either look to Jokic on the roll or the pop or take a kind of a tough pull-up jumper with the defender on his hip or on his back. Um, and some of that I think is, you know, Denver doesn't run a lot of really high ball screens. Yeah. A lot of it starts around the top of the key. Um, so some of that is schematic, but um, yeah, it's just a, a better or a more willing to shoot right off the top of the key. One dribble rather than six or seven. Um, Cause he's a guy who likes to kind of process things and, and get to his rhythm spots. Um, obviously most scores are rhythm based, but I think, Murray even more so as someone who has his preferred spots on the floor and just isn't quite comfortable from the top of the key as a three, as a three point guy or the wings um, really, has to, really likes to get to his spots and he's good at them. So it's not necessarily yeah. a huge issue, but um, to really become that, that perimeter scorer, I think Denver needs to take the next step with, with Jokic. Um, it's, it's letting it fly more often from, from behind, behind the three point line. I definitely agree his instinct is to probe and dance. And I think like one of the key words for me is decisiveness. So maybe it's that pull up three or putting his head down and getting to the rhythm, to the rim, you know, with some intentionality and direction, right. And in a little less proby fashion. And, and that's, you know, the, the, the free throw thing, he's such a good free throw shooter. This is a guy who has a really tough layup package. He has really good footwork for a guard in the post. He's just added some weight. I mean, this is a guy who can do damage in the paint. Um, but whether it's pull-up three or paint, for me, it just has to be a little more decisive and, and less dancey, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like this is the moment in the <laughs> Jamal Murray documentary where they talk about how he 
went and he dedicated the offseason to getting his body stronger to take on the Detroit Pistons. And he comes back out and he's able to take the league over. We're ready. Oh, good. I was I was worried you were going to overhype this, so I'm glad you, uh, <laughs> right, you yeah. really kept it grounded. Right. Yeah, yeah. This reminds me of Michael Jordan. Yeah. No, I didn't say that. You said that. I'm saying this is what Jamal Murray's doing. Yeah. Do you, Eric? From your perspective, would what would you prefer? Like Jamal Murray has some great posters. I mean, oh, some yeah. really good oh, dunks. Yeah. I don't consider him a great dunker, but it does seem like he has some really loud dunks. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Do you like Murray, the attacking point guard? That's just like an in-your-face attacking guy, or do you like Murray, the like three-point, always, always chucking threes? Um, I like uh, I like aggressive Jamal Murray. I like step yeah. on your throat, like yeah. shoot a blue arrow through your throat, Jamal Murray. Like uh, wants to like put it on your team and like wants you to to know that. I mean, he's like he's like a jerk when he wants to be like he totally yeah. like he he can play passively or he can play like fu ball and when jamal murray gets playing fu ball like i'm yep. I'm, I'm so in. i just need more fu out of jamal murray and i, I think he's probably put five to ten pounds of fu in his uh, shoulders so i'm ready for it yeah yeah there's the poster on both that's, that's why he, yeah he's such a fascinating player to talk about that kind of that aggressiveness and that fu mentality he just he's so not necessarily i mean i know inconsistent is such an easy word to use but it's not inconsistent it's just he doesn't always apply that aggressiveness, and you think it's so interesting. Like it would be uh, not easy, but one of the low-hanging fruit things to just like, like, hey Jamal, let's let's get you shooting more threes. Like, just be more like you have the green light from us. Like you're our best premier creator. This part, you you and Barton, like just just fire more off the top, off that pick. Just do it because he's not yeah. like, he's not someone who just takes a bunch of open shots. He's not not someone who's super conservative with the, with the pass all the time. Obviously, I know he used he used to be a little more conservative as a passer, but shooter but like nowadays he's pretty confident he wants to be so it's just interesting that it doesn't always rear its head when i think it would it would benefit him and the team a fair amount yeah, he, he always Touched shoots like difficult shots for like no good reason like he creates difficult shots because <laughs> like i don't even i think it's just like more fun for him like keeps yeah him engaged, like, <laughs> i think he is a difficult shot taker like he, totally. he's very comfortable with some of those shots and he's above average at him i do think that that's a slippery slope right because you don't want to take too many but he definitely is comfortable taking those what were you going to say there vote uh, I lost it. So okay. oh, well, you're welcome uh, to everyone. <laughs> um, so Jackson, I, tell me some more just what your your thoughts are on Murray and, and where he's at in his development. Because you're, I think the way you you either titled it or tweeted it was that people forget that he's a superstar. I mean, do you see him? I mean, do you see him as <laughs> it, it, like that caliber player? I mean, maybe. I, so I think I think what the, so the headline was something about like. Why do people forget about him? And then I said that I think he'll be an all-star in the near future. Um, and I, I I just think the reason I'm high on him is there aren't a ton of guys who like I, like that make those significant like improvements. Like he two years ago, even like when he had that really good sophomore season, he was not a very good passer in my estimation. At least like he was too conservative. He was erratic. He was slow hitting. Like he would see a read and then he would be it would be closed. And he'd still want to make it and he'd, he'd force it. Or he just wouldn't make that pass. Like, you know, the Jokic pocket pass would be closed and he would just reset the offense and there'd be 12 seconds left already. Um, and nowadays, like, he's a pretty impressive live role passer with either hand. He's more willing and more daring as a passer. Um, he's improved as a pull-up shooter in terms of both the volume and the efficiency um, pretty much every season, which is really impressive to me. And defensively, too, like, defensively, like, leaps and bounds better, I feel like, at least... From what I have seen, obviously, I've seen a lot less than you, than the four of you, but the three of you, excuse me. It's better. Um, it's definitely better. <laughs> but just like, it's in, in just not even necessarily like playmaking, but 
just like he'll be on the weak side and you know the guy will you know they'll run a pick and roll and he'll tag the roller like he'll make the he'll make the play yeah, or he'll yeah, rotate yeah. back to the weak side shooter things like that like he's he's more anticipatory in terms of getting deflections and steals so just those three key improvements are really encouraging like those are notable improvements not just like little things and even like his ball handling too like way more yeah. impressive creating space and advantage with his ball handling now than he was two years ago he's got the behind the back the between legs change direction stuff the crossover um so just the rate of improvement i've seen the last couple of years and he's only 23 still has me very encouraged for where he can be when he's 26. You touched on this in your piece, and I think part of the learning curve for Jamal is being an on-ball player, right, to increasingly more so. Now, and I'll admit I didn't watch a ton of him at Kentucky, but I understand him as sort of more of a scoring guard. Here in Denver, he's bringing the ball up the floor, he's initiating, he's got the ball in his hands a ton, he's making a lot of decisions. So he's improved, I think, in a lot of those realms. But I also think that contributes to that inconsistency you were describing, before, I mean, I wonder if it's overthinking or, or still just sort of learning how to navigate that he has more jobs to do than just score in a Denver Nuggets uniform. Hmm. Yeah, um, he is interesting, and I, I do, I do feel it's weird because I can't, I can't feel like anybody's. I, I wanted to say like this will be a really interesting playoffs for him. Like I want to see if he takes another leap. I know Harrison has a piece coming out here, I think tomorrow about that very thing. Can he build off of? Last year's what what was in a very impressive for a playoff debut. It was very impressive, although defensively he had some weak moments. But as soon as you say something like that, you remember, oh yeah, the world is so different. This thing is all different. Like I don't know that we're going to judge Murray one way or another off of this this playoffs. I mean, is that fair vote? I mean, do you feel like your opinions can change a whole lot based on this specific playoff setting? I mean, it's tough because on one hand, yeah, playoff setting data means more than than what you're seeing across 82 games when you're a team in Denver's position. On the other, to, to what I think you're getting at, yeah, I mean, is, this is how is this not all outlier da- data, you know? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a tough thing to sort of navigate. But, um, I mean, if you're the Nuggets, like, I think you really have to pay close attention to how he performs in this setting oh, yeah. with, with those hypoth- hypothetical decisions, big decisions looming in the summer. We talked about this last week, Jackson, but I'm curious your your uh, opinion on this. Just let's assume all the Nuggets are available, healthy, and once play starts. Sort of rank your top three most interesting nuggets, like the ones that you think are the most, you know, interesting for the team's success. It doesn't have to be in order of importance, just the ones that you're like, that's who I have my eye on. Yeah, I think, you know, the first, two, I don't know, first it would just two that come to mind would be, would be Gary Harris. Um, yeah. I think he's someone that, you know, I've seen a lot of praise from Nuggets fans and writers about his defense this year. And it, it popped me when I was watching, when I was watching this year and, Right about the Charles Murray piece, especially on the ball. Um, can he be someone that is good enough defensively to handle some of those tougher assignments mm. uh, when the playoffs ramp up? And can he be, can like, can we get some semblance of 2017 18 Gary Harris offensively? I know he's gone through stretches the last couple of years where you think he's kind of turning the corner and then it falls off again. So can he at least be a good enough offensive player to provide kind of that fourth or that third cog offensively that, that, that the Nuggets need? Um, and then, and then Millsap would be another one. Um, I'm curious how kind of he he fares offensively. Um, I think he's a really interesting piece. You know, I think a lot of times guys who are maybe good in percentages as shooters, you know, can really be exploited in the playoffs. Um, And I think Millsap is a guy who's developed a really impressive outside shot in the last few years, but isn't someone who doesn't have a particularly quick release, um, isn't necessarily some high volume guy. And so if teams are maybe playing off him more and they're doubling Jokic and he's, 
maybe he goes through a lull or a tough stretch, or if he goes through a hot stretch, that can kind of swing a series maybe in the second round or even a first round. Um, the third one, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's tough to me. I think a lot of it depends on, you know, who exactly is available. PJ Dozier is someone that I think pretty impressed yeah. me a fair amount. Um, when I watched him, you know, uh, th- this year, it just seemed really impressive defensively. I, mean, I didn't take a ton of notes on him or anything, but it just seemed like consistently when he was getting minutes, yeah, I was, I was, for sure. I was, you know, internally going, oh, that was an impressive play from on the ball or a rotation for a steal. Um, and did some stuff offensively too. That was pretty impressive. I know his G League numbers were pretty good as a scorer throughout his career. So, um, he's someone who, if get, who if he gets minutes, I'd be curious to see how he fares because he was impressive in the stuff I've seen this year. Would you say that he plays with a lot of, um, composure? <laughs> Un- unreal, Eric. Un- 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 unreal. The name's already, yes, already won. It's already a nickname. We already got it. <laughs> I just want. I'm just. It was a que- I don't know. You guys get asked questions. Why can't I ask a question? <laughs> you actually talking about Millsap really intrigued me because I I keep thinking about what the market inefficiency is going to be in this this bubble. If you have 82 games, the best defenses, your top four defenses, you know, the conference finalists are. Their defenses are on point, large, generally speaking. You don't have sloppy defenses. Your offenses are usually running like a well-oiled machine at that point. I don't know if you're going to get there this year, just the way things are, or you'll get part of the way there. I don't know if the teams are going to be the 2014 Spurs-level execution in this in this playoffs. So it makes me wonder, is there a market inefficiency? Is it <laughs> defensive rotations are going to be bad, so teams that can force ball movement are going to have an advantage? Is it... No team's going to move the ball well, so isolation-heavy teams are going to be well. What, what do you think, um, Jackson, is sort of a market inefficiency for this specific bubble tournament, if, if any? Yeah, that's that's a fascinating question because it, it, it's something I, I've thought, you know, to some degree about in depth, you know, since it's, you know, since the NBA has, you know, announced these plans to return. Um, I do think Denver is a team that could benefit because a lot of their offense, especially, is this read and react thing. You know, Jokic is so good with things, and I think, they have so many impressive off-ball players, um, and I think a lot of the reads in the offense are, you know, react based on the way you see the floor, especially off-ball, and that's what Jokic is obviously because he's that's what playmakers do. But I, I think the it, it bodes well for a lot of teams that have isolation scores. I think is what I would I would say. So a team like I think mm. the Clippers are some are a team that you know like I wasn't super high on them during the regular season. I think they had some issues. But they have, you know, they have an awesome isolation score in Kawhi. And then if, if Paul George is, is fully back um, after his shoulder surgery and kind of what happened last year at the end of the year, um, those are two guys you can just give the ball and, and let them go to work. Um, you know, similar kind of maybe the Bucks with Giannis. And I, ISO scoring doesn't really have an offseason. Like ISO scores yeah. know how to do their thing right. no matter what's going on. So, right. yeah. So I think that'd be kind of something, you know, if Giannis obviously started against Toronto last year, but. Um, I don't think there's a defense, especially at least in the East, that is constructed anywhere close to last year's Raptors to stop him. So um, Middleton's been good this year in ISO and as a pull-up shooter. So I think teams that have ISO scores and guys you can just throw the ball and they get a buck. You don't need any creative sets that have to be remembered and, and trained and ingrained in your brain. Um, I, I think you're going to benefit the most. Um, That's but it's unfortunate tough because for I, like, Denver I, because that's the one thing they really don't have. I mean, who's their best ISO scorer right now? Probably Will Barton. Or Jamal. Yeah. Jamal. Or Jamal. I, I mean, I think Jamal. it highlights the importance of some probably Jokic, stuff honestly. Jackson was writing yeah. about. I think overall you want to see Jamal's shot profile change, but it's still noticeable that as he's taken more tough pull-up jumpers as a point guard with the ball in his hands, he's gotten more efficient. So yeah. a tough bucket, is a, it's not the prettiest shot chart, but in a playoff setting, particularly this playoff setting, yeah, yeah. It, it could mean a lot. Oh, totally. 
Have you heard about Strava Craft Coffee? Strava is the rich CBD infused coffee that you can purchase in K-Cubs for your Keurig. You can get it whole bean. You can get those beans ground. Just get it because supporting our partners is one of the best ways to support us here at DNVR. Why do I drink Strava? The CBD really, really helps me with my anxiety and my IBS. I really, really need the caffeine in the morning. That jolt gets me going, but if you live with anxiety, you know caffeine can exacerbate those symptoms. Well, that CBD infusion, it really, really takes the edge off. Um, I feel more relaxed physically, mentally. I enter my day fresh and ready to go. If you follow Strava on Insta or Twitter, they have some amazing adult iced coffee recipes that are a must for this summer. And if you purchase online for uh, now, you can get 20% off using code DNVR20. That part's important. Make sure you write it down. Purchase online and get 20% off when you use code DNVR20. Um, guy, you want to fire up the overrated, underrated graphic? We're going to, I think we're going to wrap up today's show. I want to, we always put our guests on the hot seat because we have some basketball, <laughs> they're basketball questions, Jackson, but they're also not. That's the rated right. graphic. I know we talked pre-show about rated, but we're doing the overrated, underrated um, for oh. this one. Here, here it is right here, guy. You got it. There it is. Look at that beautiful animation. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. So, um, Jackson, we have a random list here. I'm going to start off on something that's near and dear to my own heart. <laughs> Backyard bird watching. Where Ooh, would you uh, wow. overrated wow. or underrated? <laughs> well, yeah. Backyard bird watching. Oh, man, the drum rolls on. I am going to say, I'm going to say it's underrated. Oh. <laughs> where would you uh, talking about? Where would you where would you say it's it's rated currently? <laughs> it's very low. It's extremely I think it's, low. It's a nice tranquil activity. You know, you okay. just. It's so tranquil. It's the weather's nice. So you maybe sure, reach 65, sure. 70 degrees. You got some shade. You got a nice, a nice drink in your hand. You're just watching yeah, some birds. Nice You're to, relaxing after a tough day. I think, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. got it's got its value that people don't don't realize. Maybe me myself included, probably. Yeah, ensure uh, the people have talked too. So Jackson agrees. I agree. Pizza on your face agrees. <laughs> I mean, everybody, uh, everybody agrees here. Um, all right, we're gonna go the next one up. This is a fun one. Neowise the comet. The comet currently you can see in the sky at uh, at, at at night. What's it called? Neowise. Yeah, there you go. Neowise. Yeah, yeah oh. Neowise. Uh, I'm gonna say this this comet and in general on com- I think comets are overrated. What? Yeah. Wow. Totally. Totally. Take. I might totally tweet overrated. this out. Holy shit. Totally <laughs> overrated. <laughs> I like that he didn't stop there. He said all comets are all underrated. Comments. Why should this comet be any different? It's uh, well, it, the comet It's it's a cool <laughs> idea in theory. You one. see this thing in the sky, but like when you see a comet in the sky, it's just yeah. mostly like a white streak. Like you're getting an in-depth close-up look at a comet. Yeah, that's a different discussion. But <laughs> just like watching a comet, I'm not I'm not overly enthused, but I can just watch a plane go by and see a white streak in the in the sky. That's my take on it. <laughs> that is a hot take. That's a spicy five <laughs> pepper take five, right five there. <laughs> So what about so just celestial bodies in general? How do you feel? Like, are we just, is it just comments? That, uh, <laughs> I think, I think star formations have cool, have okay. cool, uh, have a cool place. Like you look up in the sky and you sure. see the big dipper, you see someone else with this, this, okay. the stars so connect and it makes okay. a shape it's or something. Com- and, but it may, my, me and my grudge just comments at the moment. I have to think more, the tail. more about know, it. Do you guys remember in Game of Thrones when, like, the comet, it's in the first book, right, where the, the comet's there and everybody's trying to guess what it means and, and it's a big thing? I kind of feel like – I feel like this comet appeared to welcome in uh, the new era of Denver Nuggets dominance. That's kind wow. of – I'm not, 
you know, I'm just trying to read the uh, selection. That's why it, it appeared over Denver specifically. This that's just only Denver, <laughs> nowhere else. All right, Jackson. Next one on the list: the month of July. Month of July, uh, overrated. Whoa! Oh, wow! Why? Wow! Wow! It's, trigger. it's too hot. Really I mean, you have to think about I'm it. A, I'm yeah, Pacific Northwest that. guy. It gets it's 85, 99, 95 degrees for me. It's I don't have east. I don't have central cooling in my house. It's too. It's too hot for me. I don't. I don't like it. I. I can only go for runs at like or go work out outside at eight in the morning or eleven uh, at night, ten p.m. at night. It's, it's too much for me. I don't. I don't. I don't like. I don't like July that much. Jackson, if Comet Twitter comes for you, that's my bad. Like <laughs> Comet Twitter. We need him canceled by Comet Twitter. Um, I think July is properly rated because it has some real peaks. It's some great camping. You got summer league, you know, like you, you get a little break from basketball, which can be usually could be. I wasn't given a proper related option, so I, I can't. I think <laughs> I right. was that and overrated, but I was my hands were tied there. I had to I had to disparage it or compliment it in some way. It could be neutral. July is <laughs> underrated. July is a great month. All right. It's been a rough July in Denver. It's well, like I mean, 98 the, degrees. If you said you can't go outside. this July, yeah. this July is quite overrated. This quite this well, every month this this year has not been very great. All <laughs> overrated. Um, next one up, Lamelo Ball. Oh, I'm gonna go underrated here. Oh wow, wow. he's rated wow. really high. Wow, he is. Yeah, I I mean I I do a decent amount of draft work, and I would I have him as my my number one guy, and I don't think everyone else sees it that way, and. I think especially mainstream, you know, there's other guys competing for that spot. And to me, it's not necessarily a, a huge question. So that's why I would say underrated. Really? So uh, hold on. Do you, does Jackson prefer LaMelo Ball to July? The month of July? <laughs> and Comets, quite frankly. I well, mean, I don't know what scale. I mean, if we're on the same scale, then I mean, if it's an over-underrated scale, then yeah. I but there's got to be something. I just want to know what we're talking about. I just want to know what we're talking about. Would LaMelo Ball be? <laughs> oh, God. What is this even? What is the best month? Lamelo is is January. He's a January cold, miserable. January is pretty. I like I like October. Like I like, or maybe originally, maybe like that September twenty fifth to October twenty fourth. Like we get a specific. Is that Lamelo? Thirty days going here. I gotta. (laughs) You know what? I actually that's a great take. Fall. That that that, I'm with you. That is the best time of year. (laughs) Patrick here. He'll tell us what month, what number. (laughs) What, uh, oh, I know the colors yeah. and everything. Yeah. I mean, he really is amazing with that. Um, all right, the next one, Lonzo Ball, my guy. <laughs> oh, wow, man, this is, this is so tough. Uh, can I go properly rated? I'm gonna. I'm okay. Gonna, all right. You all right. I'm gonna, you that, I'm gonna take one one cop out here. I think. I think he's. <laughs> <I don't> think. <laughs> That's fair. I got the. I got the Infuego. I got the mild. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just gonna. Go, I think most people realize how good he is nowadays, especially yeah. how how well he paired with, with Zion and um, the jumper was awesome this year. So um, I think he's about properly nowadays on you know, whatever, whatever scale you're using NBA, Twitter, or ESPN or Vote general, general mainstream. So. Your take. He, he, he <laughs> yeah, the ball family apparently is not, is not a, not <laughs> a, a good subject for, uh, for Brandon. Well, yeah. So who's going to be better LaMelo or Lonzo in your opinion? I, I would say I would bank on LaMelo having a higher, a higher ceiling. Really? Um, in my, yeah, I think he's just. I, I just struggle to see the Lonzo being it. You know, I think he's going to be. Good. He's already good. I think he could be a top thirty, top twenty-five, maybe forty-ish guy at his peak. I could see Lamelo being a top twelve, top ten guy. Wow, that high um, on him. That's really surprising. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big. I'm a big fan of Lamelo, but um, yeah. How, I'm, but I think how, it's impressive so how, both guys. How low is that um, Lamelo ball floor? 
I mean, like how you, Ooh, yeah. people are very yeah, impressed with the peak, question. but how realistic is yeah. him getting near that? I, I th- I'm, I'm also the belief that I think his floor is higher than um, most would expect. I, I mean, I think it's tough for someone who's that smart in a six, seven and one of the best passers in the world to just not be somewhat impactful. Um, I think you'll have some issues. Yeah. I mean, his floor could be someone who struggles to make spot up threes and is a tough, his never really puts on enough weight and yeah. is you know, struggles a lot on the ball and off the ball defensively. Um, even though I think he does some impressive stuff off the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's definitely a concerning floor, but I'm, I'm pretty impressed by his passing and that the blend of IQ and size with that passing. I have a tough time just not seeing that be somewhat valuable. Um, I'd be surprised if he busts and isn't someone who at least has carved out a long-term role in the NBA. So here's kind of an abstract one for you, and it, it goes along with Lamelo and Lonzo, but <laughs> proper shooting form. Oh, proper <laughs> shooting form. Uh, overrated. I love overrated. this take. That's yeah, a great take. Good. I'm a big fan good. of I this mean, one. One of the That's best big shooters in the NBA right now, Jaron Jackson Jr., shoots the ball like he just like picked up a basketball four oh, days God. ago. Yeah, that is like, a good form. Like, yeah, I just, I just, I mean, like, I just think too many, like, too many people like we're not shot doctors we don't we don't work full-time in training and basketball training like i just i think if it works and have you have enough positive indicators like by all means like you, you do what works so um if it doesn't work then you you adjust it but um i think too many of us you know get get bogged down on what it looks like in the aesthetics and don't focus on the results it sounds like, it sounds like you're trying to bump up your Lonzo rating with that <laughs> shot, shot form being it is like baseball though like if you're hitting 320 your swing's fine you know, like I don't care <laughs> right, what it right. looks like. Don't don't change your swing. Well, so, so you're a big thing. Tebow fan, then, huh? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> well, that didn't work. That's the issue. That, that didn't work. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is true, but I, I actually think there's a the, a lot to this. Like there is, I think, proper ways to teach shooting because there's like a consistent, repeatable. Like, okay, this works if we can do it. But there are guys that have also learned how. So many of your great shooters taught themselves how to shoot and shot yeah. really, really well with a little bit of a weird form. So, like um, Marion. Had the worst well, I mean, that's ever. not the exact example I would put, but, but like, I mean, even Larry Bird well. had a little weird thing. Jokic has a little weird thing going on with the shot. Reggie Miller had a weird looking shot. Like yeah. a lot of guys, like really, really high level shooters, didn't. But I will say this: a perfect shooting form is Gore. Like Clay Thompson, I can just oh, watch man. him shoot jumpers in an empty gym. Same goes for Mike Miller. Mike Miller, I could just watch them shoot because it's so beautiful. Underrated in this oh. regard, didn't quite translate to the games. Wancho Ernang Gomez. Oh yeah, he had a player. Really, really. You, you, had, you had a pretty sweet stroke. Was. Uh, Tyler Lydon. <laughs> okay. This show's no fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was saying, I don't think that's actually a fan favorite. Man, you know the thing about Tyler Lydon? Because you're right. He Nothing. had a great form. And I remember watching him in Summer League just not shoot the ball wide open. It's like it was yeah. the weirdest thing how he would never shoot the ball. Yeah. It's like, great. dude, you're great shooter. It's the one thing you can do. Um, all right. The last one. And the people will – this one will really oh, get boy. you canceled if you screw oh, this boy. one up, Jack. You've got to really think careful about this one. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Justin T- JT. JT. Uh, underrated. <laughs> wow. Right. You still, I think he, that's the right answer. I'm you really think not JT sure. can still hit new heights? I don't know about that, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. his peak was on. He, he could dance. He could sing. He could he could he, he could, could star act. in SNL. He, he he could yeah. He was funny. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, JT's comedic a, chops are underrated. Bro. Yeah, it's yeah. a funny guy. It's a funny guy. He had a bunch of different, a uh, bunch of different uh, areas yeah, of the entertainment no. uh, biz. Listen, Very impressive. Uh, listen, he, celebrity, status, celebrity status. He's also with Jessica Biel, which is dumb. Yeah. That's far, far from me, far from me, for me to to argue with all these great points. I'm just, I just want to know, like, 
<laughs> you know, are we going to get more from JT? Are you saying that even though his heights <laughs> were so high that um, <laughs> he still wasn't given the respect required? I just want to understand what to expect here from JT. No, I'm talking. I'm just talking. I'm talking peak. I'm not. I'm not. He's, okay. He's, okay. he's done what he's done, need to do. I don't expect any <laughs> any new groundbreaking uh, sure, material sure, from sure, sure. Justin Timberlake. So <laughs> he's like got that's that fine. childhood yeah. star thing going on where I don't think he's a real person. Like he's probably not fun <laughs> to hang out with. Do you guys remember his yeah. punked episode? He was like really kind of annoying in it. So like, I've met him. I, I've actually been in a room with Whoa, him. Whoa, this, this is a real story. Bury the lead. Story time here. <laughs> I, I'll just put it simply. He's the weirdest motherfucker I've ever met. Yeah, yeah no, I like cool. him. Yeah, <laughs> he's really, he's really, he's an interesting hang. I, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't operate or take up space like other human beings. Hmm. That's <laughs> the best I could put it. I did not come into today's episode expecting to get a personal anecdote about uh, JT. I always hope I will, but I, you can't expect something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just be disappointed most of the time. Hype for Bull Bull is underrated. I'm telling you guys. I'm saying it really has been the thing that has lifted my spirits the most over the last two weeks. It's, it's made you the, tolerable. It, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. That's but, true. Uh, I wouldn't either. <laughs> uh, I am really excited for it. Uh, Jackson, thanks for uh, spending this hour with us, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun talking talking nonsense, talking serious stuff, and everything in between. That's that's my type of basketball discourse. So there you there you go. His article: Why is everyone forgetting about Jamal Murray? It's up on the Step Back, and if you click on it, you get a bonus of TJ McBride, a video of it playing directly above the. Uh, I don't know if that's a bonus or I don't know if that's a feature or a bug, but <laughs> depends who you ask. I, yeah, I have it up right here in front of me, and there's TJ McBride, and you know he's nodding his head. I can tell he's like sharing some hyperboles. <laughs> That doesn't sound right. Shouts to the homie TJ. Uh, thanks so much, Jackson, for, for hopping on. Tomorrow, guys, tomorrow's show is a preview show. Are you guys excited about that? Tomorrow's show, oh, we're basketball. going to preview a basketball game. <laughs> That's I great. can't wait for it. Uh, really excited. If you're tuning in for the first time in a while, don't forget, hop on your phone that you're watching this on. Sub uh, hit subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating and review. It's going to help us out. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Adios. Oh, I always get right here at this good part. <laughs> Some gentle tickle in the ivories. All right, before we get out of here, you guys know how supporting local businesses is in our blood. Well, you've also heard us tell you about Denver Rubber Company by now. If you haven't, listen, it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we, uh, some of us have even witnessed their machines that cut material that are used in the bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all and you can purchase their products for yourself and of course buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. Call them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. Tell them who sent you.